The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor and are ridiculously good looking does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon. This is Ken Smith with Empirical Wealth Management. I'm a certified financial planner with a master's degree in financial analysis, and I have my co-host, Ethan Broga, sitting next to me. Hey, Ken. How's it going? It's going great today. How are you? Good. Very good. Well, I, I do have a little bit of a cold, so... Uh, I've noticed that. Yeah. You may have to carry the load a little bit. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right. Ethan is uh, also a certified financial planner with a master's degree in financial planning. That's right. We're both partners in the uh, Seattle-based... Uh, financial advisory or wealth management company, Empirical Wealth Management. And the purpose of this show is to help our listeners make a lifetime, if not one, smart financial decision. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about financial planning strategies, investment strategies, and uh, other ways of enhancing, protecting, and growing your wealth. Right. And I think today, Ken, we were going to kick off the show just with something we didn't uh, hit last week. If I recall correctly, was the advisor's corner. Uh, one of the purposes of the show is to help get the message out to to advisors who are currently working in the industry, uh, who may be looking to make a change. Um, we're looking to expand our our business a bit, in, based in the Seattle area, across the Northwest and ultimately across the country. And we're looking for qualified advisors who are looking to provide unbiased financial planning and investment advice to their clients. Um, mostly looking for uh, folks who need help getting started and would like an investment strategy which they can really believe believe in and adhere to while looking for us to provide the back office support. And in, in a model that uh, serves clients in a, in a fiduciary fee-only uh, approach, which we think is the best way to service uh, clients and provide financial advice. And if you could expand on that a little, Ethan, then I'd like to give out some of the contact information for the program and also for our company in the radio. Sure. You know, the, I think the hallmark of our business is that we believe wholeheartedly that everything we're doing is in the best interest of clients. Um, and our, our, the way that we are structured in terms of the way we're compensated really demonstrates that. We're fee-only advisors, so that just means that we're not compensated by commissions or, or have any other incentive other than to do what is best by the client. Uh, we receive no remuneration from any of the investments that we use or any commissions from any of the financial products that we may recommend, whether it be insurance or investments or whatever. Uh, we truly think that's the best, the best way to do things. And if you're interested in making a change uh, for maybe what you're currently doing, or maybe you're doing that already, uh, but you'd like to have uh, the support of uh, a very established firm like ours, we'd love to talk with you. And what is this idea of a fiduciary? You know, it's a big debate in the industry, but maybe you could touch on it briefly, and then we'll, we'll give out those. Yeah, basically, basically a fiduciary is somebody who, who acts in the best interest of their clients instead of their own. That's essentially what a fiduciary does, and I, I believe we do that every day in the course of interactions with our clients. So why why wouldn't all all financial providers act that way? Why why would it, it seems logical to me that um, that would be a minimum standard? Yeah, it seems reasonable. And you know there are, are a lot of good people giving advice in the industry. So it isn't to put a, a you know a, a black mark perhaps on what they're doing. But I think the the main thing is that is the compensation tends to get in the way of a lot of making a lot of people making good decisions. So you know if I was to make more more money selling one particular product or advising one particular product over the other, there's at least the potential for a conflict of interest there. 
And by having a fee-only arrangement, it really eliminates that altogether. Okay. Well, I'd like to give out uh, some contact information because as we progress through the show, we'd like to invite you. This is a, a, a live program. You as a listener to call in uh, and or email us. And if you call in now, we'll, we'll try to get you on during the course of the show. And the number to call uh, here at the Voice of, of America station is 866 866- uh, 472-5790. Yep. And we have a segment which is the mailbag. Um, so if you have emails uh, with questions about financial strategies, maybe uh, an investment professional of some sort is, is propositioning you with an investment proposal and you'd like to have a second opinion, um, or you're contemplating an investment strategy or financial planning technique and you'd like to get a second opinion, We've been doing this for a long time, so please uh, go ahead and email us at empiradio.com. I, I'm sorry, Simon, is it contact? Contact at empiradio.com. Sorry about that. Contact at empiradio.com. I'd ask for someone to write these things down <laughs> and give me a sheet with all the contact instead. I have sticky notes and, and no information, but that's something we're going to work on. <laughs> the number during the week offline on the show uh if you want to if you want to give us a call and leave a message for us for the radio program uh we have a line that's 1-800-254-0398 and that's uh, 1-800-254-0398 leave us uh a message with your name and where you're from and and what your question is for the mail portion of our show any ideas you have for guests or other uh, show ideas, please forward them. That would also be the number for uh, anybody, uh, potential advisors who are interested in possibly learning more about us. You can contact, them that, contact us on that number as well, and we'll get back to you. Definitely. Okay, Ethan, well, um, moving right along. Okay. Are we, are we done with the advisor's corner at this point? It is. I, I, I'm satisfied with how that went. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to move into the news of the week. I don't know if there's some kind of clip or something we're we're doing for that, Simon. Or yeah, that's um, okay. Then, well, I you know I, I I like to scan the the, the news and and um, some of the more common publications, Wall Street Journal and other financial media, but um, we've written some articles for a, uh, a website, uh, indexuniverse.com, and our analyst, uh, Steve, who does a lot of our research, forwarded on an interesting article. And so it may not be news per se, and it came out uh, last month, but it is an interesting piece of information. Uh, and it was Morningstar ratings versus expense ratios. Um, there's a study that Morningstar published themselves called How Expense Ratios and Star Ratings Predict Success. And uh, the, the, the blog on the um, Index Universe by a fellow named Matt Hugan, I believe is it's how he pronounces it. And basically he says in this article, Morningstar admitted recently that fund expense ratios were better at predicting future performance than its star ratings. Things are worse than it says. It goes on to say, the, the research piece, How Expense Ratios and Star Ratings Predict Success, was written by Morningstar Director Russell Kennel. Uh, the Morningstar ratings evaluate funds based on their risk-adjusted trailing performance, assigning ratings of one to five stars for every fund with a three, at least a three-year track record. Funds that receive four or five stars regularly use that rating in advertising. Even though all mutual fund ads disclaim that past performance is an indicative of future results, uh, that's not how people see it. People associate good morning star ratings with good future performance, which is precisely why they are used so widely when marketing funds. And in this article, he goes on to talk about the fact that John Bogle, uh, one of the founder of Vanguard Mutual Funds, a huge mutual fund company that's built a reputation around having low-cost mutual funds. Right. He's written uh, several books, and uh, there's one in particular that, that I recommend. It's called Common Sense on Mutual Funds. And he talked a lot about this very high correlation of the 
mutual fund expenses uh, to their performance, their ultimate subsequent performance. And what what uh, Matt goes on to talk about in this Morningstar publication is that ultimately funds that have higher expense ratios wind up being lower performing funds and receiving uh, lower Morningstar ratings. Is that supposed to be surprising? I don't know. I mean, uh, that's... I think it's worth getting the word out, but I'm not too surprised. If you minimize costs, that means that you probably will have more money left over for your investments. Kind of what I get out of that. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me. Well, I think maybe the traditional thought process um, on this is that uh, some of the funds that charge these higher management expenses, uh, that there's some additional skill or talent or work being done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that should translate into higher returns. And furthermore, I think there's something there about uh, the, the whole Morningstar rating system um, as it relates to do, do past performers, are they, are they typically the future winners of the group? Right. Well, I think there's been more than one study done on that kind of examines that idea where, you know, if you have a five-star Morningstar rating over the past, say, three years or five years, how indicative of, is that of the next three to five years? Uh, I think there's been, I don't remember the names of the studies, but I recall reading some uh, that basically found that it's not indicative of all. In fact, if you were to make an investment decision based on the stars itself, you would do the opposite. You would buy the low-rated funds rather than the high-rated funds uh, just because of the things tend to, to swing back the other way, it seems like. Well, it is interesting then that that the the ratings would kind of match up with the expense ratios. but um, Because we've often said, you know, that, Picking funds based on short-term performance or Morningstar ratings uh, doesn't ultimately lead to better returns. In a lot of cases, it's led to lower than market average returns by by engaging in that strategy. So a lot of people out there, and we bring this up because a lot of you out in the public and even in the investment community regard uh, those ratings or funds that have higher ratings as potentially better funds. Yeah, than funds. And what we're not we're not saying that. Uh, you should go ahead and buy the lowest rated funds and use that. But what we are saying is there are more important factors when selecting a fund than any simple kind of rating system. And we wrote a little little piece on this quite a while ago. Yeah. Well, we've got more in the uh, in the news bag here, but I think we got to take a small breather. It's coming so fast and furious. Sounds good. Okay, we'll be right back. Talking business? Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, portfolio manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. 
If you're looking to improve your business results and get the truth about your business performance, then tune in each week to The Smart Behaviors Radio Show with host Joe Takish. Each week, a high-profile guest with a proven track record will discuss successful behaviors that will improve your business objectives and your bottom line. Tune in to The Smart Behaviors Radio Show every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Financial planning is important as a long-term goal for achieving financial security. How do you make this work for you? Join financial advisor and certified financial planner Jackie Thornhill with Waddell and Reed for Planning with Dollars and Cents. Jackie will show you how to plan for the future, taxes, retirement, and even how to plan financially for divorce, should that be an issue. You can provide a pathway to personal security through integrity, honesty, and a high code of ethics. Planning with Dollars and Cents is heard Wednesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Waddell and Reed Incorporated, member SIPC. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now back to those ridiculously good-looking guys, Ken and Ethan. <laughs> All right. All right, we're back. Let's we're get back. Uh, just to remind everybody out there that um, if you'd like to get a hold of us during the show, we do have an 800 number, and we are, are would be accepting calls later on. Uh, that listener line is 866-472-5790, or if you'd like to email us, you can reach us at contact at empiradio.com. Great. Well, Ethan, we're still in the news here, and um, as we read the news, we always try to tie in some professional opinion along with that. Right. And so as I was using the articles this morning uh, in the Wall Street Journal. There's an article here, Gold Hits a New Peak. Mm-hmm. Investors sold off stocks. Now, yesterday the market uh, was down. Uh, so investors sold off stocks and pushed up gold to a, a record uh, close as renewed worries, worries about the World's Bank's uh, argued a defensive start to the fall. So it talks about the Dow, you know, dropped 107 yesterday. It looks like it closed up about 28 today, mm-hmm. or about 10,415 or so on the close today. And um, COMEX uh, gold for September delivery rose $8.10 an ounce to a record of uh, $1,257.30. Um, and then there's a quote in here. There's concerns all over the world, said Frank Lash, broker and analyst at future path trading in Chicago, the fear is that we're going to repeat a European debt crisis. Um, so I, I thought maybe we'd comment about the gold issue uh, because it, it comes up a lot recently, yeah. particularly during the crisis when we were in the midst of the financial crisis. Uh, there was a lot of these gold commercials and gold sellers pushing the, the notion of gold being a very good investment class. Yeah, I mean, you, it's almost everywhere, right? I mean, looking at the um, many of the TV commercials, radio commercials, everywhere's adver- everybody's advertising for gold, buying gold, and so forth. And um, yeah, there seems to be a bit of a frenzy about it almost right about now. Uh, Particularly when it sets new highs too. Yeah, you know when it's when it's doing just like other investment classes when they're doing well, they tend to grab get get a lot of attention. True, but I think it's important, and, and we're going to as we move into the main topic of today. Um, talking about what investors should have learned and, and should be doing um, having navigated a very difficult recession that is being in debate whether we're going to double dip or not double dip. But having gone through this very difficult market, what, if anything, should investors be doing now? And we're going to talk about that next. Good. And one of the things in that segment is knowing your market history a little bit. And so it's important to know why you would invest in a particular asset class. Now, we include in our client portfolios a small amount in commodities in a very diversified way. So we, we've chosen not to focus on any one particular
commodity, right. such as gold. And go ahead. I was just going to say it's, it's a basket of commodities. It represents about 30 different commodities from across the world. Um, it's based on global production, and so it doesn't actually even have any company-specific risk. It's based on actual prices of the, the assets themselves. Yeah. There's an interesting article about a commodity ETF that was in The Economist um, recently, and uh, we'll, maybe we'll have time on a future show to talk about that. If you're pinpointing certain types of commodities using ETFs, you have to be very careful about something called contango, and they go into pretty good detail. And the issue on there was that investors weren't getting the returns that those commodity uh, of the, the funds they were buying weren't tracking the, the commodity prices exactly. Mm. But that's a separate discussion. Getting back to gold, um, I, I find it interesting, and we wrote a little article uh, in the midst of the crisis, I think it was back uh, in late 2008 or summer of 2008. I had uh, wrote an article quoting uh, the uh, article that appeared in Business Week back in 1979 called The Death of Equities. And in that article, it goes on to talk about, because the previous nine-year period of time from 70, 72 to 79, equities did very poorly. Right. And hard assets like gold was the number one performing asset. I think from the time they, they uncapped the price of gold, it was up 300% uh, from the early 70s to 1979. Right. Um, so it appeared to be a pretty good asset class to invest in. Um, at the time that article was, was written, which was August of 1979, all the so-called smart money was moving into gold and other hard assets and out of equities. Equities was a dead asset class. Yeah, there was a, uh, many, many years of terrible, terrible, terrible returns. And if you recall, the, the environment, the economic environment in the late 70s was terrible. Right. There was no, no bright outlook for the future whatsoever. And as we went through these difficult times, the communications that we were giving is, hey, the market is not likely to go down to zero, um, and the best approach is, as we're nearing bottoms, is not to, not to sell equities and buy gold, but actually you'd be doing the opposite. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, ultimately, right after that article was published, for the next um, 10 years, gold the return on gold was 2.4% per year. The return on the S&P 500 index was 17.9%. From that article in 1979 all the way through August, uh, the end of last month, the return on gold has been 4.8% per year. The return on the S&P has been 10.9%. The return on the Russell, which is small companies in the United States, about 10%. Um, international, 9 uh, And bonds, 86 Now, gold has been the worst performing asset class um, of, the, of that group over that whole period of time. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Now, let's take a look at something interesting because we're, we've heard a lot of that. We heard it through the crisis. We're still hearing it now. Over the last 10 years, gold has returned 15.5% per year, which is great, right? Because over the last 10 years, the S&P has averaged a negative eight-tenths of a percent. Right. But if you used your, your knowledge of market history and you said, geez, what's likely to happen for the next 10, 20, 30, or 40 years as an investor? Knowing that going back to 1800, gold has averaged about what inflation has done. Right. Where where would you think of a logical place to, to have your money is? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I still would choose to own a diversified portfolio rather than right. place bets on one asset class is going to do the best over the course of the next 10 years. Because I don't actually know what will do the best. But I can. it seems likely to me that now would be a, perhaps a poor time to be loading up on the asset class that has done the best over the last 10 years. I mean, when in the past has that worked out? Can, you, can anybody show me how that works out, like buying, buying it, thing at, things at near all-time highs? I don't know. Probably not really good. Well, was it a mistake not to buy gold 10 years ago then, Ethan, under that logic? I think the the, the mis- wouldn't we have been buying gold in 1999 before the technology bubble? I think it's reasonable to include in your asset allocation. Okay. That's what I would say. It isn't appropriate to be that it's 100% of anything, but a portion of your investable assets, it makes sense. And I think that's where the, where the, the misunderstanding is. And with this fear stuff that comes out, um, our view is that, hey, you decide what asset classes are worthy of a position in your portfolio. You decide what the weighting should be. And then you rebalance systematically and adjust your allocation to risky 
and less risky assets as time progresses. Right. Simon, where are we at on time here? We, we need to take a breather? Three minutes? Oh, Ethan can say a lot in three minutes. <laughs> I can talk fast. <laughs> well, we were going to move into, uh, I think we, we can, the only other thing in the news I was going to mention is that today, it seems daily the market's gyrating up and down based on the news that's coming out. And so, you know, you saw when the market was down 100, it was because of this, this worry about the Europe situation. Well, then today's news was data improved. Um, the trade uh, deficit narrowed, you know, the trade gap narrowed. Right. Um, there were less jobless claims than uh, previously estimated. That's a good deal. So there was a, a, a tiny little uh, e-nugget, if you were, uh, of good news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, little kernel of good news, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's move into the, uh, our main segment. You're, you're calling it the meat of, meat of the weed. Hey, hey, I got a question first. So oh, any, okay. is it, have we been notified if anybody, any callers have been uh, been called in? Our calls flooding uh, anybody, in. Anybody on hold we should get to immediately? Not yet. Should we pause the whole show and go to the calls? Um, you know, if anybody is listening at all, please send us an email just to say you're listening. We, we'd like to know. And if anybody did call in, we might even be uh, willing to provide a, a, a free prize, oh, a prize of some kind. Prizes? Are you kidding me? No, I, I'd be willing to do that out of my own pocket. What what kind of prize? What kind of prize are you talking about, Ethan? Well, I mean, there's we have many books on our bookshelf here at Empirical, and I wouldn't mind perhaps sharing one with uh, a lucky caller. Okay. Well, so what do you want to do here? The first, you want to give out five books? Well, talk to me. Can we afford five books? Oh, well, a guy like you. I've seen the the car you drive and the clothes you wear. <laughs> Luxurious. Oh, let's do it. The first, uh, what do you want, five callers? Five callers or even five emails. Let's do either okay. one. Okay, five emails or callers. So uh, we'll Contact at empiradio.com or call us. I have that number right here. Yeah. It's 866-472-5790. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. 
Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific time on the voice america business channel whether the market's up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now back to those ridiculously good-looking guys, Ken and Ethan. All right, we're back. We're back. Good break, good break. Hey, uh, just for those listeners, again, and giving out our contact information once, once more, it's uh, 866-472-5790. And once again, we've been giving out, you know, a couple of free books for the first five folks who uh, contacted us via email or phone. What book? Well, it has yet to be decided. I have a couple of good ones in my office. Oh, okay. But uh, I guarantee you're going to like it if, <laughs> if you give us a call. Write down this number. You're going to like it. Right. Uh, also, our, contact, our email contact is, at, is contact at empiradio.com. Okay. Let's talk about something important. Fair enough. Making money. Okay. We're moving into what uh, Ethan has called the, the meat of the week, right? Yes. Are we going to talk meat? <laughs> uh, well, the, the point sort of is, is it going to be the, the main focus of the show, and hopefully this is the part where we... Play some really cool sound effects, <laughs> first, and most, first and foremost, but also give out some good information I think that might be useful to the listeners. Oh, okay. I, I like the sound effects. Good job, Simon. All right. Um, well, recently I was contacted uh, by one of the local magazines that is writing an article. Um, it's a Seattle Metropolitan. They were, they were asking for insights on uh, ways to manage your money right now um, and kind of lessons that that we should have learned as investors um, after going through this financial crisis. Uh, and so I put a list. I've got about 17 things here, actually. Um, and uh, I thought we could kind of tackle these. I think it sounds good. Okay. Now, if we don't hit all 17 in this particular segment, maybe we'll pick it up again next week. Sure. All right. What's uh, item number one in your list, Ken? Well, and they're not necessarily in a particular order, but they're things that I think, um, and you know, our, our, our strategies and the way we approach things tends to be uh, more of the teach a man to, to fish approach to investing rather than giving him a fish. Right. So I think I don't have any fish sounds. Um, <laughs> if I had one, I... That's pretty close. <laughs> so what we're looking at is hey, these, a lot of this, the things that we're talking about here, number one is update or create your financial plan, um, really are relevant in any type of market cycle. So there are a few things you want to pay more attention to after going through a, de- a decline um, or going through a crisis. And some people pull money out of the stock market, and they've been on the sidelines ever since. And so they're wondering what to do. Um, yeah. And how do you re? How do you re? Uh, how do you re-engage into this process, right? Yeah. Once you pulled out of the market, how do you redeploy the assets that you once pulled out? Do you just start buying investments again? 
or following advice to buy gold or whatever it is? It's probably one strategy. I'm not sure that that's good, but it is a strategy. Right. Go ahead. Well, so our first approach when working with clients is, well, let's start with what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so let's update your financial plan. So as we went through, and Ethan, you did a lot of this work with our clients, is, hey, let's revisit what our financial plans were. Let's update them. Let's, let's address the fact that the market has declined and update those values. But let's, let's figure out what, what do we need to do here in terms of to return? How much time do we have to get there? Mm-hmm. What are the assets that we have to, to deploy or redeploy? Right. Uh, and what are the bigger picture issues that we're trying to do? And I think the, perhaps the biggest thing, the biggest, one of the biggest benefits anyway of actually having a plan is, is the plan itself. Um, having a plan that you know, lets you know what you're going to do if stock prices decline or if stock prices go up. What are you going to do? I mean, it isn't good enough to kind of shoot from the hip, as it were, with your planning your future. And I think having a written plan that is well thought out and, and can be executed is probably the, the best first place to start. So step one is, is before you start buying investments or rebalancing portfolios is to get revisit and update your financial plan, look at your goals and what, what your time frames are. And from there, you can start working on, okay, what's realistic? Right. Yeah, I think a lot of times people just start with the very end of our process, which is selecting investments. That's a, one of the last things we actually do as advisors. We don't pick investments until we know that it's for sure going to be the best thing available. That's right. So number two, understand your capacity to take risk. Now, this is something I, I think if you learn anything going through the downturn, um, this should be one of those things. And your capacity to take risk is different than number three on our list, which is understand your risk tolerance mm-hmm. in all markets. And so one of the things that you can do is say, well, based on what's happened in the economy with your job, with your investments, um, what what risk capacity has more to do with is not the psychological or emotional reaction to seeing your portfolio go down. It's your financial ability to withstand risk. And so if I have a one-year time horizon, as an example, versus a 40-year time horizon, if I have a bucket of money I'm not going to touch for 40 years, I, sh- I have a very high tolerance for short-term fluctuations, right? Right. I can see my portfolio go down 40 or 50%. And I should be less concerned about that spread than I should the, the, the variation in returns over a 50-year period. Um, I have a lot of time to recover. So part of risk capacity is the time frame. Heading into you know, this last market down tip, turn, you should not have been 100% equity if you had a very, very short time horizon. Right. Part of risk capacity is the return you need. Um, you know, what kind of return do I need to get to accomplish my goals with the time frame that I've set? Mm-hmm. What type of job do you have? Um, if you're working in a job that has a lot of financial risk or is very, uh, very sensitive to economic fluctuations, uh, your capacity to take portfolio risk in stocks and bonds may be different. Same type of thing if you're, if you're retired and you're living off the, your investments or your, your portfolio. I mean, boy, if you're relying heavily on your investments for, for income, your capacity, and you're not actually working, earning money, you know, W-2 wages, likely you should not have a, a, a very a enormous capacity for risk. So it's a good time to assess that. Number three, understanding your risk tolerance. This is the psychological part. And you may have made some mistakes, as many investors do, during extreme times, whether it's extreme optimism, you're overweighting or got uh, over-enthusiastic enthusiastic and downplayed the risk, or d- during extremely pessimistic times, investors have a tendency to pull money out of markets and put them into bonds. And we see that in the, in the mutual fund cash flows. From 2007 to now, we've had a net negative withdrawal of equities out of mutual funds and an enormous amount of money being deposited in bond. Fund. Yeah, one of the numbers like uh, 150 billion out of stock mutual funds over the past, I think, three and a half, four years, and then uh, an inflow of roughly 700 billion into bonds. That's right. Over that same period, yeah, those are the numbers. Uh, that's an amazing flow. And the extreme flows are at the peaks, and and uh, and the tr- at the bottoms. Yeah. That's where the the biggest amounts of the of that flow c- 
occurs. And what that tells me is that most people don't really understand their, their risk tolerance. Um, you you want to make sure that you understand and take the time to, to make notes about how you were feeling and how you reacted through this downturn, because we will have future downturns. And the strategy that works is not one that relies on you getting out after the market's already gone down. That's not a good strategy. Not good. Not good at all. You're doing the exact opposite of what the real intention of investing is. You know, everybody's trying to, to buy low and, and sell high. When you sell at market bottoms because you panic, and you don't have the proper allocation, the proper level of diversification and so forth, it's not doing yourself any favors. Right. We use a, a variety of, of things to measure risk. We use a uh, psychologically and scientifically tested risk tolerance questionnaire, and that that's not a perfect method either. I don't think there's any perfect one thing for it. Right. But it's a good tool. Right. It's a good one of the things that we would use to help determine the, the proper allocation among many. Absent other uh, ways of doing it, that's better than nothing. No doubt about it. And then we, we do note our clients, how they've reacted in different markets. Mm-hmm. Number four, create a written investment policy statement. Yeah. And uh, how much time we have, Some A couple of minutes or two minutes? Um the importance of this, Ethan, as you know, is when you have a written plan that outlines how you will react to different inputs. So markets going down, markets going up. This is what we're going to do. This is what we expect. Um, you're less likely to come off of the rails as an emotional reaction to some set of news circumstances. Right. Yeah, having some some either fixed or somewhat variable, you know, um, upper limits and lower limits on particular asset groups um, that cause you to, to rebalance when appropriate. You know, in other words, when markets go up, stocks are going up, it causes you to sell some stocks when they're high. And conversely, you know, sell some, some bonds when stocks have been lower to buy back stocks. That's a winning strategy. Definitely. That, that plan should, should have what type of return are we targeting, what type of risk do we expect to see, what kind of declines do we see, how will we rebalance, how are we managing taxes, um, what happens under different market conditions. Right. And this is probably further down your list, but one of the things that you can have in a written policy is, is um, asset class performance for, for the past, you know, past many decades to give you some type of, of, of yardstick to measure the current volatility. And I think that's a good, good way to help understand. Well, we're going to be heading into a, a break here shortly. I'm going to give out that contact information again at uh, contact at empiradio.com to email us and the call-in number to be on live on the show is 800-254-0398 I'm sorry, that is our our, uh, I have it here, I have it here 866-472-5790 Still waiting for that sheet (laughs) It's in the mail, Ken, it's in the mail (laughs) Thank you It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Are you thinking about starting a nonprofit? Or perhaps you've already started one and want ideas, inspiration, and encouragement. Tune in to Nonprofit Spark with your host, Renee McGivern. Our program will feature as guests the leaders of emerging nonprofits who will share what works for them. We also will hear from experts who offer advice to make your jobs easier. Tune in to Nonprofit Spark, and together we'll create a world that works for everyone. Nonprofit Spark airs live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now back to those ridiculously good-looking guys, Ken and Ethan. All right. Looks like we're back. I, I love that uh, segue. That's very, yeah, very kind. Yeah, you a good-looking individual. <laughs> Hey, I know the, the announcer just gave out the information, but I'll give it one more time. It's uh, contact at empiradio.com. And, again, we'd love to have one caller uh, or one person email us with a question. That way we can maybe get on the air today. Uh, the number is 800-254-0398. Let us know you're out there. Yeah, yeah let us know you're out there. Um, so get your pencils and your pads and uh, all your erasers ready. Um, we were in the meat of the week, and uh, what do I need my erasers for? <laughs> well, in case you yeah, you make a mistake. All right. Okay. Um, anywho, we were in the meat of the week, and uh, we we're going through one of uh, seventeen different steps of things people can investors can be doing right now to make better decisions and things that that uh, in light of going through the, the difficult times. And uh, one was update your financial plan to understand your capacity to risk. Use use this uh, as an opportunity to reassess that. Uh, three was understand your risk tolerance. Four was create a written investment policy. And uh, we'll go through five, and then we'll jump into the other segments, and then we'll come back to this next week. Great. But uh, number five, update your asset allocation and change it based on your circumstances, not market conditions. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you yeah. want to talk about that? Well, sure. Briefly, we can touch on it. Um, sure, let's touch it. You know, a lot of people want to make allocation decisions based on the current news, you know, the current experience of the market. Market goes down, I need to change my allocation, I need to sell stocks, or whatever it might be. But ultimately, those are real emotion-based decisions. And in terms of investments, generally aren't don't lead to a good outcome, is my experience. So what you're saying is. Uh, when you're going to make a change to your asset allocation, whether it be the proportion you have to stocks to bonds or within stocks, the various areas that you're invested, uh, those adjustments should either be made on A, uh, some change of your personal circumstances, such as you're getting older and your time frame is narrowing. Right. So that would dictate or mandate that maybe you want to take, not in every case, but in some cases, maybe you want to take less equity risk. Yep. So you have an increase in uh, fixed income exposure. Uh, other things or changes you might make to your asset allocation uh, as, it, as it relates uh, to that would be there's some new evidence or science out there that, that makes sense to make that shift that's not based on current economic uh, news headlines. Right. Another, another uh, yeah. one that I, while you're talking, I, I thought of would be, uh, you know, if, if you have... Going through the crisis, the Great Recession, 2008-2009, um, you know, people were being laid off during that period of time. If you are a possible candidate for losing your job, well, that's a good, good reason to change an allocation, because you, especially if you can use, potentially use those assets to live off of while you're looking for work. Uh, that would be a good reason to make an allocation change. Other than that, if you're diversified and you have a good plan to begin with, sticking with it generally is a, you know, the best advice. 
not making changes based simply on what the stock or bond market has done in the recent past. Right. Right. Well, let's uh, let's pick this up next week, but let's move into the the mailbag here, Ethan. All right. Do we have any music for that? I don't know. Do we have to say that every time? I don't know, but oh, I think we have a clip, right? For the mailbag. It's the mailbag. Oh, here it comes. You 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 you've got oh, mail. There it is. The mail is here. Ooh. Mail call. Gather around, everyone. I get so excited when I hear this back. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, okay. let's see what's in the mail. So, uh, Ethan, you said you had received some 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 mail. Yeah, um, yeah. wasn't from a, uh, a listener, unfortunately. Although I, I hope we get one soon. Um, this is actually from a, uh, a current prospect I'm working with. Um, this gentleman is uh, separated servers from uh, a local company here, and is talking about uh, potential rolling over some of his 401k assets and potentially working with us. And uh, in the in, in 401k now, it actually has some very good, or at least very low-cost investments, uh, some of the uh, among the lowest-cost investments I have ever seen. Um, there are basically four index funds that are available, um, three of them equity indexes and one of them bond indexes. And the expense ratios on those things run from, I think, 0.25 to, I want to say, 0.12. I mean, so real, real low. I mean, among the lowest you can, I've ever seen available, period. Um, and he's asking and we me. We are huge proponents of keeping the cost of the investment vehicles we use to the, the lowest possible. Yeah, the bare minimum, as much as possible, without sacrificing uh, either proper diversification and, and the proper allocation. In my view, those are the, in terms of priority, the, the very first things you would do. Uh, cutting costs or lowering costs is among, among the, the most important things, but not the most important thing. Uh, and so, what I was communicating to this, this, this potential client uh, was that. While you have uh, very good low-cost alternatives in your 401k, what you don't have is proper diversification. You're only hitting on three major asset classes, and in our client portfolios at Empirical, we have uh, 15 asset groups that we include in our clients' portfolios. Right. And uh, so I just, you know, ran the numbers, looked at the, looking at the last 10 years of performance, and those three asset classes that were contained in the 401k, among equity anyway, um, have a, have had a low average annual return of about 1.12% over the last 10 years per year while the, the, the global diversified portfolio that we have um, our clients in has done about 6.6%. And so even after you account, account for our fee, which is typically 1% in the first million, you're still up positive 5.5% per year for the last 10 years relative to a very low cost, 1.1% per year. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is not sacrificing global diversification for the sacrifice or for the just looking at fees alone. There are many tenants to building and managing a successful portfolio. Cost is one, but you can't you can't adhere to that one in the, to sacrifice all the others. Yeah, and it by itself. Now uh, we've got a couple minutes here. Um, I want to say that we've I'm really excited. We've got a few uh, prominent guests coming on. Ken French, uh, who's published an enormous amount of research uh, from the Dartmouth University, and yeah. uh, we're able to get Roger Ibbotson. He's done the stocks, bonds, and bills. Our radio coordinator, Kristen, has, has been able to schedule those interviews. They'll be coming up in the next few weeks, so please uh, stay tuned. Some very prominent academics. Yeah, pretty, very exciting. You're going to learn how some of the smartest people feel about the way you should be investing. Um, Ethan, we were going to go to the uh, the vault, and uh, I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. Well, we have a minute or two. No, we can't can't do it. So we'll do it next week. We'll but basically, in Barron's, there's some predictions for stock market, uh, where the stock market should end up, and some discrepancies I want to point out between some of these right. major analysts and the big firms. Um, again, we'd like to invite you, if you're a personal investor looking for a trusted advisor, give us a call at Empirical. You can reach us at Empirical at 1-800-923-4307. That's our firm phone number here. Uh, if you want to contact us about the radio program, send us an email at empiradio.com, or you can call the... Uh, I have it here once again. It's 800-254-0398. And uh, leave a message on that. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.
We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. 